Welcome to the podcast. Uh, today, it's going to be just Giuseppe and I. Nico can't make it. And um, we've been working on getting a special guest. And I talked to him yesterday. And hopefully, we, we were supposed to have him a couple of weeks ago. We're just having problems with uh, time zones. Because, you know, people live all different parts of the country or all different parts of the world that we try to get on. And, you know, setting up with everybody's schedule can be quite difficult, but uh, we are here. Hi, Joe Cardinal. Hey, Tony. How's it going? Hanging in there. Today's uh, a big day, Sunday. Cleveland Browns versus the Chicago Bears at Cleveland. Uh, go Cleveland. Go Browns. So uh, that's about the brightest spot for me today is hopefully watching my Browns emerge victorious. I don't know. We shall see. Yeah, I was going to say, don't get your hopes up too high. <laughs> you know me. My hopes are never high. So this is, I'm not expecting good luck. But let's, let's shoot for the best. Let's, let's, let's see what happens. Um, well, yeah, before, I was going to say, before we get started too much, let's, uh, let's do some housekeeping and plug some stuff. Uh, for sure, uh, again, to our listeners out there, people who are students of catch wrestling, uh, we encourage you to look at the different opportunities for training that we have here. Uh, the Cadillac of that is the Tri-C program. And Tony, if they sign up for the Tri-C program, they get instant access to your, your entire catalog of videos. Isn't that correct? Correct, yes. In addition to that, they can train with you, right? They can come out and train immediately. They get instant download access to all the videos. They get personalized, customized videos, both distance learning and in Chicago or in Illinois, I technically don't live in Chicago now. Um, they get to, you know, when they, when they come out here, they get to stay here with me. So they don't have to worry about renting a car or paying for a hotel room. Uh, just get here by airplane or train, bus, whatever, car. Um, and yeah, it, and, it, and it works out well. And especially since I actually, now that I train here um, in the house, uh, it, it really is an immersion. It's when you're here in Chicago, well, in Illinois, I keep saying Chicago, it's 24-7 because you're with me constantly. And then we know some kind, sometimes guys want to take a little time off. Hey, show me the site. So I take them to Chicago or wherever, you know, do things. Um, but yeah, it's instant learning. And even if you can't make the trip to Chicago now, you sign up, you join, you start your training distance which is the good groundwork anyway uh, to get, or I don't mean groundwork, technically groundwork, but you know, it's a good foundation to get in the gist of, ex, ex, you know, getting rolling here. And then you come out whenever you can. Um, I won't be offering the Tri-C much longer. 
there was a time a few years ago where I shut it down. Um, and like for a whole year, you know, nobody could join. Um, and that's going to probably happen again. I, I don't know if I'll offer it to new people come 2022. It'll only be for existing um, members because uh, it's a lifetime training. Uh, and that's another thing. There's no time limit on this. So it's not like, well, if I sign up today, I got six months to complete it. No, you don't. You sign up today, you complete it when you can. It's it's continual. But I, I'm toying around again with the idea of just not offering it anymore uh, starting in 2022. And, um, you know, just life, times change. You know, we've, we've discussed this, as you know, many times about don't miss out on opportunities because they may not be there forever in anything. Um, but yeah, it's when I, when I came out with the tri seat, it was the only, it was one of a kind. And I still think it probably is. I don't know anybody else that does personalized videos for you. This would be personalized training. So let's say you're the world's greatest boxer, right? Well, then we won't, <coughs> obviously we're not going to spend time on a, the uh, basic, the basics of boxing. You know, we're going to go into something else. If you're the wrestler, we're going to avoid some stuff and just, it's all about designing to make you as awesome as you can be, bringing out your strengths, eliminating your weaknesses, and, and that's what sets it apart. It's truly personalized private lessons, no matter where you live. Yeah, what's awesome about what I was just thinking about, so I did the, you know, we talked a couple of podcasts ago about the wilderness survival I did where um, I had, uh, you know, basically kind of like, similar situation like if I was coming out and, and staying with you and getting all this information but clearly I've got to go back and do homework but the thing I don't have with this training is I don't have the luxury of like I was working on some things like working on some fire building techniques and I have questions now it's like oh this isn't working the way I thought I'm having trouble with this thing now that I'm going back to my notes and I have questions well I'm on my own now you know well, not really I mean I can look it up in books and YouTube videos but it's not the same as specifically showing a video and asking a specific question and getting a response back from from the head instructor which i think is super unique and awesome that you know basically as far as uh, your ability to to advance and keep growing even when you're not there in training is awesome so i think that that is something uh that's a great opportunity so you're not just coming out getting a seminar and then you've got to kind of go from memory and, you know, hope you remember, retain everything, you know, that you crammed in on that week of training, you can go back and say, Hey, this thing, I, I'm, I, I'm missing a detail here. I forgot something. They can ask you that question directly. They have access to you, you know, basically, which is awesome. Yeah. That, that really was, I wish, yeah, that, that's just a terrific thing. It's good for the student. It's not good for me or whoever the instructor would be if it was a different scenario, because, I can't have a thousand students. I, that would be, I, there would be no time. So it's, it's incredibly small. And, and that adds to the, the allure of being a Tri-C guy because, you know, you're, it's not a diploma mill. You're not going to have a thousand other guys that, that did it. You're going to stand out. And no matter where you live, you'll be, you 99.99% will be the only person that can say, hey, I'm certified. You know, I'm training under Tony and nobody else is. And that's a big selling point. So, for people who like own schools, this is a great way to, I mean, it pays for itself. Right. Um, and also 
you know, you can have training partners and you can, you know, your, your training partner can help defray the cost. So if it's three grand, you and your training partner split it, you know, so it's not like each of you have to pay that. I mean, there's just no, no better deal that I know of. I swear to God, I don't, um, I don't know the better, you know, option here. Um, and we've talked a lot about other people that I know musicians that in the bygone days traveled out of state, uh, to, to train, uh, to practice with their instructor, maybe once a month. Um, and boy, you talk about costly back then, if, especially if you had a fly. I knew one guy, Sammy Capero, that was training with Tommy Gamino or studying with Tommy Gamino. He flew into LA once a month from Chicago to LA. You know what Tommy would do? <clears throat> Tommy would, I mean, he would have to get from the airport to Tommy's studio in Hollywood. I don't know how far of a drive that is, but it's irrelevant. Tommy would sit him down for his one-hour lesson. Then after that one hour, shake his hand, say, see ya. And then Sam had to get a cab and go back to the airport. There was no, let's go out, have a drink, or let's have something to eat, or, you know, come over to my house and spend the night. It was like Tommy would fly, or Sam would fly in and attempt to fly out the same night. And if he couldn't, he, he'd have to go to a motel room and spend the night and leave tomorrow. I mean, but he did it for a while, you know, um, so yeah, that's none of that with me, you know, uh, I try to be as hospitable as I can, welcoming, and, you know, and I, you know, you get in my house, you, you get into my, uh, my life, and it's been like that, what, for 15 years? Well, yeah, and we talked about it, and that's kind of the cool thing, is that, like, a lot of these, uh, you know, other kind of nationally or internationally renowned martial arts, or instructors of any level, of any, I should say, any category, you're not going to get the chance to like hang with them. Cause to me, part of the benefit, I mean, the techniques, yes, obviously that's what you're there for, but uh, you know, and I'm sure people, one of the things they enjoy from this podcast is uh, I think they're finally getting to know you, you know, like I think in some ways you're this, well, just like any other personality, uh, the more time you get to spend with them in some ways, that to me is just as fascinating, interesting. Like if they're going to hang out, you know, you're saying like, yeah, they don't pay for housing or anything, but they probably will pay for some beers, you know, afterwards to hang out. But that's kind of, that's cool. Like to me, any personality, like, you know, musician, like part of it is you want to learn their knowledge, but you also just, at least for me, hang out with them and just kind of like, Hey, what's, what's this person about? What makes them tick? And sometimes you get little personal stories about, you know, like to me, I've learned a lot. Just, I mean, Hey, it's cool just to hang out and, and talk and, and, and have that rapport with you. I think you get new insights, but also just, you know, we'll talk about sometimes random uh, scenarios will come up, self-defense situations you've been in. And uh, those have been as educational to me in some ways as the techniques, you know, like this is how you approached it when you got hassled on the street one time, uh, you know, so you're, you're picking up little bits of information that are real gems. Uh, so it works on a couple levels to be able to hang out like that. I agree because you can't um, cover everything in a gym session. Okay. So I mean, forget about your fitness level, you know, but you, you get into the gym, you work, you warm up, you do your thing and, and, you know, you go through set moves, but it's not possible. And I don't care how many, let's just say it's three hours, four hours. You can't think of everything right in those four hours. And you may have, oh man, I should have done this, or I should have asked him that or something. So when you're with somebody, now that you're not actually here in the gym part, Maybe you're watching a movie, you're, you know, we're out having a pizza and you start, yeah, with the bull session, like you're saying, you start talking about things and picking the brain 
and um, and you know that's sometimes you learn more that way. Um, and again, you're a little bit more relaxed, you know, as a student because sometimes you get tense when you're in the gym or you start to get tired, and you know now your your brain's not thinking clearly. So in a more relaxed uh, scenario, uh, you know, you might be able to ask that right that right question. Um, and yeah, I just think it's it's one of a kind in that regard. Forget about even just the, the training techniques that are different than other people. Yeah, it's the it's the access. Um, I I you know even though I trained often as a kid, this would have been something that I would have loved to to have done. Um, you know, in other aspects of my life, you know, in learning other things, you know, outside of the fighting, you know, just music or something else. I wish I had somebody that would mentor you like that, you know. Oh, absolutely. Like, I just think of as a musician, like, you know, especially ones that are no longer with us anymore, but like how cool it would have been just to hang out with them for an evening, you know, have a beer or a meal or whatever with these personalities. And so that's just a super added benefit um, to anybody who is, you know, appreciates what we do in our techniques and uh, your history there. Yeah, to me, it, it, it just illuminates and gives context, you know. I mean, I've been obviously very fortunate to like, get to go with you to Cleveland to see where it all went down, you know, and hear the stories. Um, so that's on a, on a whole other aspect to it. But even if you could just get a little micro exposure to that by coming and hanging out, that's just really kind of priceless in my opinion. Well, yeah. Um, and, and that's, and you know, well, obviously if somebody comes out here to train, they're not going to, we're not going to take a road trip to Cleveland. You're, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're one of my best friends. So, um, but yeah, it, it, it is, um, it's fascinating, really, because I, you know, I got almost 60 years of, you know, almost 60 years old. I, I got a lot of experience that you're not going to be able to get in a two hour, three hour seminar. Right. So and even the week that you're let's say you're here for three days or however long you come, even that may not be enough time. So that's why the Tri-C being an ongoing thing, you could send me an email or film a video of you talking like, like we are now and, and ask some questions pertinent, you know, Oh, Tony, I saw something yesterday on the subway in New York. How would you handle this? You know, um, that's what's really awesome. And yeah, I just don't see that you can do that with, with most anybody else. I'm not saying there aren't any other, but you know, it, it's just, but I'm like I say, I may probably have to sh shut it down because just from financially for me, I have to go in a different direction to be an all candor because I'll get people who like email me about, you know, be about to try see. OK, I want to sign up. I think it sounds great. I'll get back to you. Well, you know, and then it's one month, two months, six months, eight months. You know, they don't get back to you. Um, and once again, since I can't teach a thousand people because time is of the essence i my world almost stops revolving when i get an email from somebody i'm like okay are you dead serious because if you are you really need to sign up today you know you can't keep me waiting because then then what you know uh then i can't you know i can't budget and plan my life and i just have to keep saying well you know joe blow says he wants to sign up so if somebody else writes me you know, they gave me this the same the same spiel. Well, I don't. You know, it's first come first serve. You know, that's I mean, that's the best I can 
I can say. And, um, you know, I've tried the, I've bent over backwards to help people. I've tried to allow some of them to pay me in dribbles, which always fails. They never pay. So it, it turns out to be, you know, a loss all the way. I mean, one guy in particular who I'll pay you off in three months. You know, we had emails back and forth. You got my word of honor. Well, okay. He, he made like a, I forgot, $500 deposit, 600, something like that. I gave him all the access to my videos. That was it. Never paid me again. So he burned me. You know, he, he got almost $800 worth of videos and he didn't pay $800. You know, so that shit happens, man. So I don't, I, I don't extend credit to anybody anymore. Um, and, you know, I'm not, a, you know, just you got to use your credit card. To pay. I'm not a credit. I'm not a, I'm not a bank. You know, I think I'm more than fair. Uh, and, you know, we're getting off the track now, but I'm just letting people know after you get burned so many times by people and through the 25, 30 years that I've been selling on the Internet, I don't know how many sob stories I fell for. And I gave people free stuff and, you know, free training, you name it. And it, 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 it there's no such thing for me as karma. It never came back. You know, I paid it forward for many, many years, and, 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 it's, and it's never come full circle to me. So, you know, oh, it's best to... Bill Gates didn't become Bill Gates by giving away windows. That's the... <laughs> yeah, well, you know, but I was always a nice guy about it, you know. And like I said, even, even before I had the Tri-C program, when people would come out just to train, before the Tri-C program, I, you can stay at my apartment, man. You, you can stay where I'm living. No problem. That's what you want. I was always accommodating... You know, like that, breaking bread, having people, you know. I've done a lot for guys, you know, fed them. One time I somebody was really down on his luck, and hey, he needed a haircut. Hey, I'll buy you a haircut, you know. I'm a you know, I tried to be decent about things. Um, but I learned a long time ago that there is no such thing in my life as karma. It, it you know, it, it just you just do it without any expectation of anything back. But frankly, as life progresses and all the tragedies that I've had to endure with having get killed, for example, and losing a gym and my mother and everything else, boy, it sure would be nice if the rules were reversed. And I, I had some support that won't happen for me. So. Well, I'll say something about karma. Um, you know, we're not necessarily the most philosophical show on the uh, internet, but uh, you know, I don't kind of believe in like, Hey, if I do good things, good things are immediately going to come back to me. I mean, that's, I think anybody who's, lived a little knows that that's not how things work, you know? And, uh, but, you know, if you do good things at a minimum, you're helping other people. It may not come back to you, but you're putting good stuff out into the universe. So that guy, you got his haircut, right? Well, he got better hair, at least for that, for that day, <laughs> unless it was your barber, then I don't know, maybe it was a negative, but uh, generally you are, if you do good things, you may not help yourself directly, but you are helping others in the rest of the world for the most part. And, and along those lines, I mean, not everybody can do the Tri-C. I, we get that. Not everybody can spend the come out. But at a minimum, if you want to do some good karma, join our membership program at a minimum. So we've got a, like a monthly membership program, two levels. Uh, one is just honestly, hey, I want to help out. I want to support. I want to keep, uh, you know, Tony's YouTube channel. I've learned from that. I, wanna, I enjoy the podcast. I just want to pitch in and contribute. And then there's another level, you know, you pay just a little bit more, just 10 bucks a month, which is next to nothing. Then you get once a month, you get an additional video that we do not 
sell in any other capacity. It's a unique, you know, custom, not custom, but it's a, it's a unique video that we put out once a month, some additional training material that you have access to. But at a minimum, everybody listening to this could pitch in and do that. That would be huge help at a minimum, you know, because we're not at a level where we can monetize at YouTube. So we're honestly doing all this for free, just doing this to uh, kind of share our knowledge and experience and, uh, you know, hopefully entertain some people out there. But if you can give back just a little bit, uh, it would mean a lot to us. So keep that in mind. <clears throat> and to kind of follow up on your karma thing, that's right. You do things because it's the right thing to do and you can walk with your head held high. And that's why I, that's how I've always lived my life. I mean, I, if I can hurt you or help you, I'd rather help you, you know? Um, and it kind of ties into really like the subject matter I wanted to discuss today and how there's, there's a parallel between the, the world of magic uh, in particular, card magic, magician versus the cheat, the card cheat and the cheating techniques and how that compares to like sport or let's say show traditional martial arts, like show exhibition martial arts and street fighting. And while I am not a card cheat, I, I was exposed as a kid to some of the techniques that they use just to not that. I can, I never put the time in to learn them, but so I could kind of be uh, aware of, of how some cheats operate. And cheating is a always ever evolving um, uh, thing. Okay. People are creative. They come up with new angles and stuff, but I was basically told about the, the more traditional stuff, um, you know, second deal, base dealing, or bottom dealing, uh, false shuffles, false cuts. And, you know, more elaborate stuff, such as how you mark a card, belly strippers, what's another thing called end strippers, which are negative, like in indexes, how, you know, cards can be manipulated so slightly that you could even have the deck in your hand and not tell if you don't know what to look for and stuff like that. And um, so the big, the, the big thing is you'll have a magician who will do all the fancy flourishes. Think of Cardini, if you guys remember him, or... Uh, Jeff McBride, who does, you know, all these fancy, beautiful stuff. Obviously, you wouldn't use that in a card game, you, you know, a private game, not a casino game where you don't even handle the cards. But the point is, you have some card manipulators that do a gambling expose. Okay, that's what they call it. Um, Ricky J did it. Uh, Richard Turner, who is a, a very interesting guy, um, he does a gambling expose, card mechanic stuff. Um, but still, it's a demonstration. It's not under fire kind of moves. Um, Steve Forty, who's, in my opinion, out of all the known guys, he's probably the best with gambling stuff. And he knows a lot about casinos and dice and, and all of that jazz. Steve Forty is, there's not a lot of stuff out about him. He writes books, very expensive. Um, like you can get it, like his late, late, latest book. If I've never seen it, but I, it's limited edition, I guess it was like 300 bucks or something when it came out for a book. Okay. Not videos even just a book. Um, some of his other material, if you can find it used goes for eight, $900 sometimes. Right. I mean, you can maybe find it for cheaper, but that's a lot of money for a book. Right. Um, or even a little videos, one little video set. But um, I see the comparisons because true card cheats, 
and they're we don't know how many there are but they're like yeah well what these guys are showing we don't use that okay we don't do those kind of techniques they won't really get into what they do because they want to keep an edge but that relates so much to martial arts because i see a lot of guys um teach well this is what you would do on the street and you can tell that either they've, they've, they've never been in an actual street fight or they were up against the human pincushion, right? They didn't go up against a savage because their techniques, they're just not going to fly. Now, I want to be perfectly clear here that when I talk about, in this instance, like street fighting, I'm talking about deadly death, okay? You're going up against the, the most incredible force you'll ever go up against not against the slug that you can just you know bitch slap and be done with it right same with car cheating you can pull off almost anything if you're halfway decent if the crowd that you're playing for or playing with are you know rube goldbergs okay they're just you know lemmings but against fast company what can you do and how is how is your nerve you know do you do you have the guts as a car cheat you have the guts to pull this off. And that's another thing with the, it, relates, it relates exactly to martial arts. You may be pretty good in the gym with your moves. Will you freeze up on the street? You know. Um, so that's always fascinated me because while I've gambled, you know, I played cards. I was more of a uh, tabulation guy. I played pinochle hearts. I mean, I played poker, but pinochle hearts, games where you keep a score where it's more strategy um and 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 things like that whereas poker is more about mathematical percentages and each hand is an individual <clears throat> game whereas with hearts or pinochle or something along those lines bridge or whatever it's a running tabulation so it's kind of a different mindset but i shot pool and that's where i played for most of the money um and pool has its own set of hustlers and chiefs. And, you know, so you just kind of have to be aware because in my life growing up, it all ties into street fighting in the end. And you may ask why, well, what if you kept somebody cheating? What if somebody's cheating you, you catch that person? Now what? It, odds are it's going to escalate, okay? There's going to be some sort of physical confrontation. So it behooved me to learn as much as I could about how I could get cheated. By no means do I know it all, nobody does. You could get cheated in a lot of ways, but um, it just always, I, I just found that, that kind of like fascinating because in my estimation, nobody's just a cheater. They're also a liar and a thief, okay? Um, so you're dealing with a criminal element here. Always remember that just as in a street fight, unless it's just a random thing that escalates, you're probably going up against a criminal, criminal mindset, and you don't know the limits. This person may have no limits. This person may be prepared to go all the way with you and, and kill you or harm you in a different way. So you have to be prepared. Does this make sense to you? Well, I mean, there's a lot of things to talk about with this. Yeah, I mean, at a high level, absolutely. I mean, when we're talking about the street comparison, clearly if someone is getting into it with you on the street, a, they're either very desperate, you know, like they desperately need money. Like I know, like someone, like you told me that story where someone tried to take money from you at an ATM. Yeah. That's got to that's be a pretty desperate situation. Like if I sized you up, you're over six foot tall. 
you're like, you know, over 200 pounds, you know, you're not a grandma at an ATM, you know, <laughs> so they've either got to be something's they're making some very poor choices here or very and put in a situation where they're going to take a huge risk. You know, I mean, they obviously had no idea what they were getting into in your case. It was worse than they, they, they imagined, but you know, you have, you have some high level training and, and you gave it to them. But even if you didn't someone your size, you know, if I was going to, if I was going to pick a mark, I would, I would maybe wait for the next person. So they clearly didn't, couldn't, didn't have the time to wait. Or, or they've got some mental issues, whether it's, you know, true mental illness, where they're, you know, delusional or just anger issues. I mean, something's wrong with them usually in the modern society, something either the situation in their life. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, or let me just interrupt. Or they've done a lot of hard time. They've been in the joint with guys bigger, you know, just gigantic men, ferocious around that, that, that world. And I'll let you get back to your thing, but I just want to add, and I've talked about this before, there is this, this sort of, a, I don't know, myth that nobody's going to pick on a guy built like me or bigger. That is all bullshit. I believe, and I've, and, I've, and I've talked to other people about this, it's the biggest guy and the littlest guy that seems to get picked on the most, okay? Because some people just have, have something to prove against the big guy. And, of course, you know, some others want to bully the little guy. The moral of the story is anybody – can be uh, targeted, okay? And I've never taken my side, because I don't consider myself that big of a guy, because I've been around guys like huge, okay? 300 pounders and shit like that, they can move. Um, and, I, and I don't get intimidated by them, so I know that there's people out there, don't, nah, they're not going to get intimidated by my size. So you're right. Everything you said, mental, this, that, whatever, but the other thing I can add in is they've been up against guys, you know, your size and they don't have a problem with it or they have a weapon that they're getting ready to pull out that think is that's going to make it the great equalizer. Right. Yeah. And actually, I guess in your case, the guy was armed. You just didn't know it. I remember that story, right? But, yeah, I got, I got cut up, you know, right. I, because see, I didn't wait. I'm not going to let, I'm not going to let the guy bust a move on me because it would have been too late. If I wouldn't have acted first, it would have been over for me. I literally could have gotten shanked and, and, um, <clears throat> I think it was yesterday morning and I was, I don't know how this happened, but I, you know, you know how sometimes you, you go on something and I don't know what YouTube's all about really in the, you know, their thing, but I somehow, I, I tap a video that got nothing to do with martial arts. I don't like to watch those videos because most of them are, you know, they're, I didn't, I didn't there's an, I'm not impressed. And I ended up getting on one about some guy showing how to defend. I think it was a, how to defend a sucker punch or, or, or a punch, something like that on the street. And it was a short video, so I'll watch it. And, oh, you know, I read some of the comments. They think this guy walks on water. It was actually ridiculous to me, okay? Um, and he claims he's trained all these guys, Navy SEALs, uh, Army Rangers, you name it. The guy either was never, ever, 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 ever in a fight or, you know, he went up against a, a, a complete scrub. Because what, what, he was, what he was talking about and trying to demonstrate – Probably, I mean, for certain would have either gotten his ass kicked against a real tough guy or maybe even worse, maybe gutted, stabbed, and the whole bit. Um, so, yeah, I you can't, you know, it's obvious that this guy was never exposed to that kind of element, and you don't know how bad things can go south. Um, so for me, in this particular incident, in broad, pretty much broad daylight, 
the guy approached me and I knew that, the, I mean, who does that? You know, um, there's trouble. I saw it coming and I got kind of prepared, but I was in that pause moment where I'm waiting for my money, you know, so I'm not going to have my money come out and then blow all over the frigging place and lose my cash. And it was an outdoor um, thing. It wasn't like you'd went inside. So you're exposed to the elements you're exposed to. It's not like on a Irving Park. I think they made an enclosure now, um, but it was not far from six points, um, six corners. And um, anyhow, uh, so I knew it. You know, I said, let's go. You know, it's on, baby. But yeah, I got cut up on my arm and shit like that. I did not know it until afterwards, until I got into my car and called my girlfriend at the time. Um, and yeah. Uh, but I didn't do anything stupid like this guy yesterday was showing. I was proactive, not defensive. I was very offensive. Yeah, I mean, we can go off on a whole tangent on that. Uh, you know, well, just briefly, uh, I'll, I'll mention the fact that you didn't even realize he had a knife until afterwards. And I've heard that yeah. at least once before that someone, and maybe it was, I don't know if it's the lighting, but obviously a knife in a hand is a small object and hand, you know, they say the hand is quicker than the eye or whatever, but if someone's throwing punches or, or stabbing at you, you might not be able to tell the difference, you know, if it's, especially if it's kind of like a, an ambush or a sucker punch kind of situation. And uh, yeah, I remember hearing the story. This was a, a boxer I knew uh, out of Degerberg back in the day, but he, he, you know, took some guy out and then later his arms were cut up. You know, he saw afterwards, it was like the adrenaline, of like just getting jumped and attacked. And he just responded as he was trained uh, and didn't know, you know, um, what was happening. And so that doesn't surprise me that I hear and it that. It doesn't have to be a big knife. It can just be a little, little small one enough. Cause even if they hit you in the head or they catch you by the eye or wherever they, wherever, you know, um, it doesn't have to be where they're going to gut you. And, and, and it's, it's, it's a six inch blade. Um, doesn't have to be any of that. They slash you, they cut your throat. This all can happen. Um, and yeah, you, you don't know. So you, this is why, again, you don't want a protracted experience here. You, you don't want this to last long. You need to get in or get out. Um, and, and, and that's it. And, and if you can get away, if you can get out, um, that's fine. If you can, if you can get away, that, that's, that's maybe best to do that, but sometimes you cannot, um, but sometimes, I think I mentioned on a few episodes ago, I saw some ridiculous thing a few weeks ago um, about a guy who, who, I guess he was like on a SEAL team of some sort. Just wasn't that Jacko guy. It wasn't him. Um, there was somebody else, you know, talking about having handcuff keys on you and razor blades and either keeping them in your shoe or taping them to your body in case somebody, you know, handcuffs you and abducts you and all of this jazz. And I'm like, man, what kind of life do you lead? The, the, the fight the fight has to stop you can't allow yourself to get handcuffed okay there <laughs> well some weekends i do but that's different yeah, yeah right but we can't bring up mabel into this um no you've got to know how to defend defend against that to prevent that from happening this is where you know this is where you're this is the preparatory stuff um and yeah it's it's uh things like that that i think are are getting into the realm of a fantasy, okay, much as, okay, six guys all have guns on you, you know, how are you going to defend yourself against that? You see, that's, now you're talking impossibilities here. You're talking, you're talking kind of crazy shit. Um, 
you need how to learn. People need to learn how to deal with one-on-one situations first, then one-on-one with weapons, and then two-on-one, and then two-on-one with weapons, and so on. It's a gradual, it's like progressive resistance uh, training. But you have to have the basic mechanics of how do you move? How do you defend yourself? What are your vulnerable areas? By, by covering up here, what am I exposing, you know, uh, you know as a, other targets? And, you know, and it, it just goes on and on. This is something that cannot be learned in, in, in a one-day seminar. It, it can't be learned on a podcast. We can all give snippets of advice, but that's just all they are, little snippets, like little moments in time, like Italian food. Nobody can tell you in a podcast every Italian dish possible to cook. You might get one recipe here or one there and so on. So that's how this, uh, but the tie-in for me with the card manipulation is that there are guys that are teaching street self-defense that really, you know, you can watch, you know, that they're not, they're not the real deal. They, they've, they've never been in it. The moves as they are may be fine. And they may work very well in a sportive situation or, you know, in a friendly demo. But they're not under fire moves, okay? And that's, in the gambling world, we call a lot of shit under fire. What can you do under fire? Um, like, I can make some fancy shots on a pool table, but can I do it under fire where I know if I miss, I'll probably lose the game? Not cheating methods now. I'm just saying, you know, low percentage shots. So, that's how it is with like card sheets. They know, okay, well, this guy's good with the deck. He can manipulate it pretty well, but you don't do this in an actual card game. It doesn't happen. You know, it's not, it doesn't work this way. So that's where you need a discerning eye. Um, and I kind of get, I, I was shocked at how many people like in, in, in this uh, martial art guide that, that I saw yesterday morning, how they the people were basically like the, he walks on water, you know. This wow, this guy's so great. Someone he had like two hundred thousand views, and it was just um silly. It it people. I want everybody to know there is no universal way to defend yourself. There is no one one size fits all. And and I think anybody who instructs you has to keep emphasizing that entering into a street fight is dangerous and you you almost have to expect and i tell everybody always expect that you your your life is on the line you may lose your life here if things don't go right um and just take everything in in segments and and, and realize that this is not a catch-all and and that includes styles like the snap no tap kind of was about not going to the ground in a street fight because it's not really always what it's cracked up to be. Um, I watched, I'm not going to mention who, but yesterday as well, I saw two people, one guy I actually knew or met, uh, total grappling sport thing. And just by watching, you could see, oh my goodness, the, 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 the missed opportunities, not just from a grappling, I mean, from a street fight, standpoint but from a sport grappling uh scenario right they miss this they miss that add in the street fight thing if it was that and boy it would have been a whole another disaster so um and one of the other guys that was in the video promotes 
know, self-defense stuff. Yeah, whatever. Um, I don't get it. Uh, you know, I was kind of interested in your, so most of us, you know, are fortunate enough that we don't get under pressure, like real self-defense scenarios very often in our lives. So we only have the gym really to train. How do you, how can you prepare yourself mentally for that when you're truly under fire? How, you know, I don't know if they can ever really know. I was thinking about actually like uh, Jerry Sigler, right? The guy who does the intro music for us, how he could, he always struggled with performance. Isn't that correct? That he was, you know, a master kind of playing on his own, but when it, under fire, that mental difference was something he struggled with. Uh, under like big time. Yeah. Like he could do jobs. He was a jobbing musician for many years. That's not a problem. But when he would go up against or not up against when he would perform in front of, you know, like giants in the jazz world or some other shit. Yeah. He had a little issue with that stage fright is what it's called. And he, he underwent hypnosis to try to cure it and, and, and all of that. Um, I can tell you this, and once again, I am going to be brutally candid. I was raised in, as you know where I lived, you saw it. I was raised in the war zone, okay? So I, so I innately, you know, built up the, all the, all the pros and cons of it, all the, the aggression and the anxiety. I didn't have to fake it uh, in the gym, okay? I did not, I did not have to fake it. Most people aren't in that, that you may know or others aren't in that kind of neighborhood. They do exist. There's shootings and crap happening in Chicago and other cities all the time. But for those who live in a more isolated or a nicer area and don't really experience this, and I've talked about this before, so I'll basically be repeating myself, but you have to trigger that adrenaline in the gym, okay? You have to go into that gym with some sort of a fear, okay? It has to be uh, cultivated. Otherwise it's just a game. Okay. It's, 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 it's not life or death for you. And I've also talked about taking the time to research, study, uh, knifings and shootings and, and, you know, talk, I've even said, talk, if you can, to your local coroner, um, to see if you could set up an interview where a coroner may allow you to come down there and, and either, interview him or her or, or see the corpses or go online and, and, and look at, at, at how bodies can get mutilated. Uh, it'll freak you out perhaps, um, but you need to do it. Talk to ER doctors or nurses or EMTs or paramedics or firemen or even police officers. And not all police officers are privy to this, of course, depending on where they're at, but do your research. Sometimes you're even allowed ride-alongs, you, you know, um, on fire calls or, you know, police calls, depending on your municipality. It may change now because of the COVID, but you have to put yourself at least out there to get first, some sort of experience with it, okay? Because um, there's many people here, classic, just on this topic. The other day, somebody that knows me but doesn't know me well just knows me. We were talking about violence. And, you know, I'd mentioned the, the shot and then stab. And they're like, you? That, that happened to you back in the 70s? Because they're thinking it's like a, a, a phenomenon. 
Oh, then he goes, oh, that's right. You're, you're raised in a city. I said, well, I was raised in a city, but not Chicago. I was raised in Cleveland. So this is a guy who's from out here, born and raised, and never experienced this, never heard of this stuff happening out here. It's always in a land far, far away, like a distance. Oh, well, you were raised in a city. Or that. Um, and it's kind of shocking. And I, I say this, I'll use the word ignorant, but not as insulting to him, because he's not an ignoramus. He's, he's, he's a smart guy. He's just been isolated from this. So maybe a month, two months ago, not far, in, in the town of McHenry, not, so not all that far from where I live, uh, there was a shooting. They caught the guys. 50, 5-0, 50 shots were fired at an intersection that's like three minutes from where Scott lives, my friend Scott. Okay. These um, were not folks. Yes, you can look it up on the internet. These were not folks from this area or from McHenry area. They were from, I think, Waukegan or Zion or something. But yeah, this was a road thing, car thing. And so, but I'm saying 50 shots were fired. 50. Okay. That is a lot. Uh, all right. And it happened out here. So crime can happen anywhere just because you, and I don't mean you specifically, but you in general haven't witnessed it firsthand or anything, doesn't mean that you're immune. And as I said a thousand times, if your life is in danger, if you're held at gunpoint or knives or whatever it is, no matter where you're technically at, you are now at, in the most dangerous uh, neighborhood on planet Earth, okay? You don't have to worry about, oh, I'm not on the south side of Chicago. It doesn't matter where you're at right now. If your life is in danger, there's no place on earth that's more dangerous than where you're at right now. Because one wrong move and you're dead. And this is something that people don't get. I, I think they miss that. They become complacent and thinking, thinking they're safe. Um, you're really not. You, you know, you, things can happen. Your, your percentages may be lower out here than, let's say, Chicago or, you know, Cleveland or Detroit, wherever you want to call it, you know, New York. Don't think you're you're immune to it um, because you're not. And what I find fascinating is there's a lot of people out here that conceal carry, okay? And so they got a gun on them. They're, I'm saying they're law-abiding citizens. Don't get me wrong. They're not looking for trouble, but they're packing. And, um, you know, that is an issue. That can be an issue, I should say. It doesn't necessarily have to be but it can be an issue i don't want somebody who's not trained properly with that handgun under stress high stress situations i'm pulling out that gun i don't want an innocent bystander getting shot that's literally under fire you know we were talking about doing it under pressure and yeah if you don't you don't have the practice it's a shooting at the range you know in a in a, in a very controlled environment is much different uh, than when it's live, you know, and I was, the analogies keep coming because I was just thinking, so I just finished my CPR training yesterday, um, you know, and so I've done online training and now I've done some training with a dummy, but I'm sure if someone collapsed in front of me, that's a whole different ball of wax. You know, every scenario is different. And all of a sudden when it's real, it's going to be scary, you know, 
I have to make a, I have to make some quick judgments. I have to, you know, will I remember my training? You know, there's a procedure I have to follow. There's things I have to say, um, you know, and again, uh, you know, uh, you know, I definitely feel a lot more confident in my abilities now, you know, and I'm certified technically. Uh, but yeah, it's still intimidating to think, yeah, under, under a truly stressful situation. And I think part of it's just, you just have to keep escalating and repeating the practice and that'll kick in hopefully, um, when all those other external factors, when it's real, uh, if that, God forbid that ever happens. Well, you go, going to the gun range, naturally you have to do that or, or set up on your property. If you can <laughs> practice shooting, we get that, that that's obvious, but you're right. How do you know how you can really handle you know, the situation under fire, especially if you have never been under fire ever, okay, uh, in any, in any scenario, um, how do you know that you, as the, as the concealed carry guy or, or whatever, how do you know that you won't escalate the situation, okay, um, will you overreact, <clears throat> you know, if a guy is, like, loud, big, and approaches you, you know, not even as a mugging, but just as an argument that's escalating. In your mind, as, as the concealed carry guy, what in your mind, what, what line has to be crossed before you draw on the guy? And what line has to be crossed before you pull the trigger? Okay, these are questions that everyone needs to ask themselves. Uh, and, you know, go from there. That, that, you know, that this is, it's becoming commonplace now especially out in some areas where there's open carry, um, where they're actually, you know, they're, they got their guns drawn already. All right. It's kind of like a bold statement. Um, so that all opens up another dynamic, which we don't even really need to get into today because I'm not taking a stand one way or the other. I'm just taking it. I always take the approach of, I have to protect myself and anybody that's around me that needs protection. So that that's, I'm not getting into the moral who's right, who's wrong. I'm about protection. I got to protect myself um, and, and those around me. And, you know, it's, uh, uh, it's tough. You know what? I've, I've learned that there are really, there's no such thing in this realm as a hero. Now, what I mean by that is you don't do it to be, a, to be heroic because that's just another label. Just like if you choose not to, somebody may label you a coward. These are labels. What do they get you? They get you nothing, right? They just get you, it's a, it's a head game. I just do things because I'm trained to do it and I think it's the right thing. And I don't do it for labels, okay? Um, but that's just my belief. Others may have a different belief and that's, that's great, that, that's fine. But um, I don't think what I do is noble. I don't want to go out and, 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 you know, have to defend myself. I don't want to save somebody's life. I, I don't want to, I don't want to see that have to happen. It's a bad situation. It's a stressful deal. Okay. And believe me, you, even though you may not fold under pressure, then it gets to you later. Okay. Uh, maybe five minutes later, maybe five days later, maybe five months later, maybe it never goes away. People are still carrying trauma uh, for years afterwards, for the rest of their life. i sure I know I am. You know, I, I, I've had a lot of stuff happen, and I can't let it go. It's altered my, the way I think, the way I look, the way I do everything in my life, okay? Um, I'm 
hyper alert and I'm what's a, uh, I'm not paranoid. What's the word? I, I just, uh, vigilant, vigilant. That's the word. I'm, I, yeah, I can't relax. Okay. Um, if I'm out in public, man, I see a light shadow of light. I'm turning right away. I, I don't know what that light is. And it may be just a car driving by outside and it's the reflection, but that's just how I am. And I don't, that's not good for me, but it, it, it's good for everybody else because I'm the protectant. I'm the guy who, who should be on the ball. Um, but this is the thing I can, I can at least give my insight to people who are willing to who want to learn and are willing to spend the time to, to, to really learn. Okay. How do I defend myself in the street? First of all, what techniques? And then we, we have to work on the mindset as well. You know, it's not just techniques. You, you have to have that right kind of mindset. And, you know, I heard somebody say, well, you got to be in shape. You got to do this and that. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying no to that, you know, because I'm a lifetime being in shape kind of guy. But I'll tell you this. When you get older, you have injuries or just old. You, you can't be, some people just cannot be in shape, okay? What if you had a stroke? What if you have other, you know, old age things or just whatever? That still doesn't mean you can be a victim, you should, you should be victimized or be targeted. You still have to at least know how to defend yourself and have that right kind of mindset in lieu of being in shape, okay? I mentioned this on the Lost Start, uh, Snap No Tap. I had a my arm was shot. I just had a broken hip. I may have looked in shape, but man, that was the most painful, difficult video series I've shot. I was constantly in pain, you know, popping Advil and Tylenol in between the scenes. But, to, but nobody, that, nobody's going to cu cut me a break for that. If somebody wanted to jump me or get in, into my shit, I'll tell you something, Joe. Um, when I, okay, so we filmed that in like November of 2008. So I wasn't able to get the surgery on this arm until... February of 2009, just the way it worked out. I couldn't have the surgery before I filmed because then I wouldn't have been able to film because we had the date locked up. <clears throat> I blew the whole arm out, collarbone, bicep, uh, labrum, and um, rotator cuff. Like, <clears throat> I don't know, three weeks, two weeks, three weeks before we had to film this. Okay. I mean, I was, I was, I was messed up. So anyway, long story short, I was able to get the surgery in February. About two days, three days after the surgery, something like that, I'm in a sling, okay? And some guy started messing with me. Wanting want, want to get into a fucking fight with me when my arm is in a sling. And, okay, you want to throw it out? Let's go. Well, it didn't happen. People broke it up. But my point is, there's people out there that don't give a shit if you're an invalid or not. Um, you got to throw it down. You got to throw it down. You got to defend yourself. You have to defend yourself. So, you know, like I said, when I saw my grandmother drag, I was with her first or second grade, dragged at gunpoint in a car, dragged on the outside of the car. How old was she? 60 something, five foot tall, 100 pounds. They didn't care. They would have killed my grandmother. And they dragged her, literally. Her shoes came off in the whole nine yards. I'm screaming. I'm a little kid. I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to kill my grandmother. But they don't give a shit. So, yes, if you can stay in shape and be in shape, that's 
all the more better. And I do highly advocate it, but you still have to know to fight. And the techniques that like I teach at least, no matter what condition you're in, as long as you're able to actually move, you're going to have a fighting chance. Let's deal with that. And then it's up to me and you, if you're open enough about it, to let's work on your mindset. Let's get you triggered to be able to become that machine that you need to become. You've got to shut off the emotions. You've got to not worry. We've talked about this before, so I don't want to rehash it. But you've got to realize this is it, life or death. And and if somebody's going to go, it's going to be him as opposed to me or my loved ones. That's you got to have that mentality, man. Absolutely. I mean, without the mindset, everything else falls apart. I mean, that's that's and it's it's important thing to reiterate, even though we talked on it before. I mean, it's an important thing for me to do. And it's part of, do you think like visual visualization when you're training helps too, to put yourself Absolutely. in? And it's self-assessment because there, and again, I know I've talked about this. There'll be times when you just won't engage. You know that you can't do it today. Today, something's up with you. You don't feel well, you're hurt, or you know, there's something of, you know, importance that you can't engage. So you stay, if you can, you stay out of it. Don't, don't walk in there and try, you know, and, and try to save the day. And there's no shame in that because you might have made, made might have ended up making things worse. So it's keeping your ego in check. It's self-assessment. Um, perfect example. I guess I'm going to rat them out, but we're going to rat them out. A few years ago, Scott was going through a really, really, really bad time. Breaking up with a girl. Just a lot of bad stuff has happened. Matter of fact, he was staying with me. He was living here. His parents just asked me, can you, can you take him in for a while? And so on. So we're out. We're out early one morning in Woodstock, of all places. And Scott's tanked up. He's, he's flying high. And there's, frankly, there's these gangbangers in the joint. Okay. And there was five of them and a girl and a young girl. And Scott was toying with him, you know, just nothing super bad, but I saw that it was escalating to where I thought they were going to get, it was going to get out of hand. And this is exactly at that point, I walked up to the, to the guys and I said, here's the deal. I said, you know, my buddy's out of it. I, and at the time Scott was, Scott's like five years older than me. So I was probably like 52, something like that, 53, whatever it was. And he was like 58 something. I said, this is going to get ugly. I says, he's, he's my buddy. So he can't fight. So I, it looks like if, if the shit's going to go down, I'm going to have to fight instead of him. So it's going to be you guys against me. And believe me, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this, but I just got to let you know, man, I can't let you, you know, put a fill more beating on this guy. And that was all that's that was it i mean that was it these guys were like man you're a, you're a down guy you're a, you're a good friend you know no everything's cool man we'll be cool with the dude i'm like yeah he's just old he's drunk get it you know um and that's exactly no hero story no me high flying helicopter kicks from jean claude van damme or any shit like that i just diffused it okay and it may not have worked who knows i've been in those situations before where it didn't work i've been in, in it where it did but uh, I was able to diffuse that situation because it wasn't um, acute yet. 
okay? It was in the developmental stages. It hadn't gotten to the point where, you know, beer bottles and pool cues are flying. So I intervened before when I knew that the water is just starting to boil. That's when I, that's when I got in it, you know, uh, and it worked out. And actually it was, it was a great day. It was a great morning. Everything was fine afterwards. Okay. But um, sometimes that's diffusion. If you can do that, uh, that's great where, where, where it doesn't escalate because um, I would have had no help. Uh, there was literally nobody else there at that hour, an old time bartender, but there was nobody else in the joint. But them and Scott and I, Scott would have not been, you know, he'd have been out with one punch. So it would have been, it wouldn't have been a good thing. It would have been me on five. And, you know, we, you don't really want to do that if you don't have to. So uh, I just thought I'd throw that out there, too, because it's not always heroics, you know, from a physical standpoint. It could be mental. And that's where, you know, the mental attitude comes in. I've been beaten up. I've been, you know, I've had ball bats and shit, everything, you know, that pipes, everything. So the pain is something I can deal with, you know. Um, I just don't want, um, <clears throat> I don't want to get killed. You know, I don't want to die, but uh, I'll talk. You know, if I can talk out, talk, 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 talk it down, I'll talk it down. And also, it really wasn't my fight, you know. I was stepping in because I would never have gotten in that position. You know, I kept trying to tell him, stop this shit. You know, this girl's like 22 years old for one. I mean, stop this nonsense, okay. I want to bring it back to the card uh, stuff you were talking about. Um, I mean, the other thing I think as far as comparisons or analogy is that I like the fact that you learned what the cheats were so that you were aware of them. I think is something that people need to think about in their martial arts training too. Like uh, basically saying, you know, if you only know how to play cards clean and you don't realize what could happen, it's the same thing in a fight. If you're only playing by the rules, you know, if, you, if you're only training for in the sportive situation, you know, or you're not thinking, hey, what, what nasty tricks could this guy do? You know, how could he sucker punch me? I mean, there is no sucker punching or, or there shouldn't be in any sportive situation. You know, you're not, you're not thinking about the dark side of a, of a confrontation. You know, what evil things, what you know, where could this person bite me or go for my groin or, or other tricks? They could just uh, verbally submit and wait for you to kind of ease up and then they attack you. You know, there's, there's, there's things that people can do, you know, especially if they're at a disadvantage. Let's say you have some training. What are the tricks that people can use to basically be a card cheat in fighting? Yeah, let's, let's discuss that a little bit in depth. First and foremost, I did not learn or I wasn't exposed to every, every known card trick. I don't think, or uh, not card trick, card cheat, any, any, every cheating method. I don't, there's probably no one on planet earth that knows every possible cheat because they're, they're always getting developed. You know, certain things become obsolete. Uh, new things get developed just like a street fight. You know, anything can happen. People are running you down with a car who trains for that, you know? So there, so you don't, you don't know or need to know, every possible scenario but you have to be aware that these scenarios can develop and not be completely overcome by shock that somebody would like cheat you at cards or pool or or play dirty um in a street fight the oh and on that note you in order to be a cheat 
or even a magician, a legit card manipulator takes lots of practice. I mean, I could show you a quick card trick, a self-working card trick that you can do in five minutes. It's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about sleight of hand shit, lots of time and effort. So that's how it is in street fighting, okay, or in fighting. You, you've got to put the time and effort to learn these techniques, okay? You can't just expect it. Watch a YouTube video and practice it for an hour or whatever, and, you, and now you're good to go. No, 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 no. What I try to, and like if, if you were with me in the Tri-C program and you really wanted to delve into this, I would try to tell you, look, you've got to look at your different vulnerabilities. That, that's first and foremost. Know your vulnerability. Come in, come in, come in, have it come at you from your side. Know your vulnerabilities. Ergo, you know their vulnerabilities. You need to protect yourself so that if you do get struck or whatever you want to use, hit, kick, punch, you know, uh, knife, it's in targets that won't uh, debilitate you completely. Okay, that's the first and foremost thing. Um, and you have to be aware that in the streets, people will bite you. They will gouge your eyes. They will, you know, rip you, go. They'll do anything throat, groin, all of that jazz. You, you just have to be cognizant of it. Uh, first, that's, the, that's step one. So because of video now, you can easily bring up a complete sport, let's say a sport match, even something as like MMA, which is a little more than just grappling. Watch it. I, I would have my student watch it with me, and I could say, see, here's where, you know, the guy on the, on, on the, on the top, let's say, is vulnerable. If this was a real life or death situation, here's what could happen. Or here's where the guy on the bottom is totally vulnerable and, 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 and so on. And let them start thinking. Let them start seeing it. Let their brain start to develop. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that that could happen. I didn't know that. I didn't even think that. So it's like exposure in a safe way. That's, to me, the first and foremost thing because um, I – in one of the comments, I told you, I, I watched a video yesterday of that guy teaching his ridiculous street fight defense. I mean, which probably would have worked, but he exposed everything else. There was a comment there, and the one guy that wrote was a Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy. And he said, I spent 13 years in BJJ, and I was never taught how to defend against a punch. Now, whether the guy's telling the truth or not, I know there's a grain of truth to that. Because I've, I've trained so many BJJ guys that they're strictly sport grapplers. So, um, and that's fine if that's all you want. But this guy made that, that, that written comment on YouTube. Um, and I know other martial arts that, that are like that too. That, Like an amateur wrestler, if that's all you've ever done, you're not trained to defend against a punch. Okay, judo, you've only done sport judo, you're not punching a judo. So, that's first and foremost. You got to work on that. You got to you got to realize, hey, this can happen to me, and it can get ugly very quickly. Uh, Tyson said it best. Everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face. He's right. Okay, a lot of times you get hit, you get hit square, you get hit hard. It doesn't even have to be in the face, but in the groin or the, you know, the liver. Man, that could shit like that could take the fight out of you. Get stomped a couple times, man. All of a sudden, you've lost the will to fight. Now what? Okay, and that's what separates the men from the boys, so to speak. You know, you've got to suck it up. And there's there's things that I teach 
ideas that I present um, to help us get over that. And, uh, you know, I freely share that with the people who are in the Tri-C or who, you know, like serious students, um, but also like the card sheet uh, or, or people in the magic, you know, you're not, you, you've got to show that you're going to, you know, you can't expect everything for nothing, okay? Um, it takes effort, it takes work, it takes time. Um, it's, nothing happens like that. You just have to dedicate yourself and, and be willing to put in the work. I'm not going to do it for you. I can't do the work for you. Well, cool. I think this is a really good discussion. I think we uh, covered a lot of ground on this. Well, remember when we were in Cleveland and you wanted to take pictures of that one dilapidated building? I forgot if it was on 55th Street. No, no. I, I forgot what street it was on. I'm like, hey, man, uh, right, I'll park the car, but I'm getting out with you. I'm not letting you walk <laughs> out of my view. I know the neighborhood. I mean, I mean, anything could have happened. You don't know what's lurking back there. Okay, this is an abandoned frigging building. You don't know what could be hiding or guys shooting up or whatever it is. And you just, they think you're stumbling upon that. Um, no, but that's because I'm aware because it, this stuff happens. It's real. I'm used to it. Even though I don't live there now, it doesn't matter. It's ingrained, you know, it's ingrained in your head. Um, and I just think so many people out there, Joe, they, they're just not aware or they're, or they're looking for the not wrong person to teach them, but someone who may have the magician approach to street fighting, which is what you don't want. Okay. You want the down and dirty under fire card mechanic to teach you the, the ways of the gambling table and you want that same kind of mechanic uh, in your street fighting, okay? Uh, I just can't put it any other way. Uh, I really can't. And, you know, ironically, magicians, card magicians, and I love magic. You know that. Um, they know more tricks. They're more entertaining than a card sheet, all right, a card mechanic. I mean, they know lots of things that are just so pleasurable and enjoyable, you know, like watching a John claude let's say John claude Van Damme, whatever. I'll just pull the name out of Bruce Lee movie and all this fancy stuff. That's great to watch. You don't want to see Mo Howard sticking his finger in somebody's eyeball now, do you? But yet Mo Howard, that eyeball thing on Curly, <laughs> that's, that shit works, okay? But it's so it's it's learning to separate the entertainment and the demonstrator uh, from the real world thing. Uh, and, and I think there's a big insulator out there. I think people are insulated and they're used to the, <clears throat> the Instagram videos where everybody can show what they know and, you know, yet they really don't know anything yet. Um, if you say you is, you ain't kind of thing. Um, and there's a lot of that. People who say they is and they ain't. Uh, that's not my quote. It comes from somewhere else. But I see that a lot. These people maybe are meaningful. I'm not saying they're out to deceive anybody, but, you know, they, they don't even realize what they don't know. They're just like, there's shit out there that I don't know. Okay. I know what I know. I know what I'm knowledgeable at. And I try to live in that realm. <clears throat> I don't try to step out of, you know, I don't try to enter into another realm that I'm not, um, 
qualified for. Like right now, if you and I were out together today somewhere and somebody was in need of CPR, you're doing it, not me, okay? Because it's been too long for me. Uh, I'm not going to enter in that and, and perhaps, you know, cause a greater problem. I would immediately call 911 if you weren't there and have the dispatcher walk me through what to do. But I'm not going to spring into action like Captain America or some shit, okay? I'm not qualified. It's plain and simple. You are at this point, and there'd be hopefully somebody else, even maybe a nurse or, you know, a, a paramedic there, uh, you know, ask for help first for, for, an, for a situation like that. But, um, <clears throat> no, that's just my take on it, because I've seen, I, I mentioned this to Scott, I'm, uh, I talked to him yesterday about um, that, that karate guy that was doing his, it's like a guy who, let's say you have a, he's cutting you open to remove a splinter or whatever it is, something a little bit more serious than that. But he doesn't really know what he's doing. If he cuts in too deep, now all of a sudden there's another problem that's sprung. Maybe he hit an artery or, or now you're bleeding and, and this shit just escalates. And the guy's like, oh shit, man, I'm in over my head right now. Now I got to call for help. That's the problem with some of these street fight guys. Okay. They'll show you something that might work, you know, in that small little sense but what if it doesn't? Now, what if all of a sudden the guy doesn't react like the training partner did on the video? Okay. What if the guy comes at you in a completely different way? You're not prepared for that. And everything starts to tumble. That's the problem when you learn these quote unquote tricks, like do this one move to get you out of this jam. I've never be believed in that. You, you, those are isolated techniques that may have its place. But you've got to see the bigger picture here, okay? You just you just do, um, in my opinion, because shit can DS, uh, shit can get out of hand quickly, and 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 get and escalate, uh, and 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 you can find yourself in in a, in a world of of shit. I saw a video many years ago, many 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 years ago. I don't really want to say the names, but it was one of these paint by number styles of fighting. It was hyped up hyped up to the max navy seals this and that all these names that you know the, 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 they they drop shit you know to kind of get you to it's their marketing and it was you know you do this then he does that then you do this and then he does that and i'm like this can't be i thought there was a gimmick to this what what you know this can't be nobody you can't tell me that they they actually teach like this but apparently they do and I, I don't, I don't believe in that. I mean, that, that may have, it may have its place in some sort of reflexive training or something, but to think that this is how all fights are going to go down. It's not paint by numbers, Joe, you know, that even grappling, it's not paint by numbers. It, it, I mean, sport. Yeah. Well, it's, it, it, your point is exactly, at least what I take from it is that these tricks might be fine in isolation, but if you don't have the foundation to fall back on, if you don't have the fundamentals, if something goes wrong, you know, if I try a move and it fails, uh, at least I can retreat to my stance, to my footwork. You know what I'm saying? Like I can regroup and protect myself. If I don't have any of that, if I don't have a foundation of fundamentals uh, in, in, in any skill set, really, uh, if something happens unexpectedly, you know, if I, I just have one trick that I'm hoping will work, one or two tricks, and it, and it, and it takes a turn, uh, you know, I'm not going to be able to adapt without that foundation, you know, and that's, that's what I think is missing. Yeah. Like I can show you this. Wow. This is a really great way to 
gouge someone's eyes or kick someone in the groin. But like, you're right. If I miss or if I graze or they, they zig when I thought they were zagging, um, I better have something to fall back on, you know? Let's, let's go back to the cards. What, what happens with martial art self-defense guys or, or maybe even sport guys, but let's stick with the self-defense thing. They'll show something in that series that is like mind blowing. Oh yeah, that, that, definitely that'll work. Oh yeah, you can throw them from there. Or... So that's the hook. Okay, that's the selling point. Okay, yeah, look at this devastation, right? But all the preparatory stuff to that is all bullshit. You'll never probably get to that point. Now, let me let me tell you about cards. Most people know what it is. Heard of you know dealing seconds, dealing the second card from the from the top of the deck okay or the uh yeah you deal the second card you leave the the top card on top and you just keep dealing seconds until you want um whoever to get that top card well you can watch it and watch it and watch it you could not see maybe you can't see the move it's imperceptible so you're like bingo see that's a move that it's worth for me to practice because um it's just undetectable i'll never get caught well, you need to know what that second card is all the time. Otherwise, it isn't going to help you. And you're only going to get the top card. You're only going to get that one card. What if that one card just isn't enough? Maybe you just need more than just that one card. So there's more shit involved here. But a, a demo guy, a card demo guy will demo the, the second deal, and you're not going to catch it. And I'm just using the second deal. You know, that's not all they would rely on. They can palm. They can deal from the bottom or uh, pseudo center deal and shit, but this is it with the martial arts. Sometimes they'll show you something in con, like you said, in that in isolation it looks great. But how do you get to there? What were the pitfalls to get to there? Uh, you know, and sometimes they just don't cover that. What if the guy doesn't come at you like that? You know, it, it, it there's so much to it. So I yeah, I just I don't know. I I've seen things in my lifetime that I wasn't necessarily involved in, but I witnessed that took an unpredictable turn. Okay. It, it was un, unpredictable. And the outcome wasn't what I would have thought the outcome would have been as an observer. Okay. Um, thankfully I would, I have the ability to improvise. Like we always, I always talk about using that improvisation, thinking on your thinking quick on your feet, so to speak. Um, to go with the flow and change change the direction, but um, hey, things you know you can't you just can't expect everything to fall in line like you know dominoes and you know everything's looking hunky dory. Things may take a, a wild turn. You know what I mean? For sure, absolutely, and that yeah, it just goes back to yeah, exists if you, if it, if all you're learning is techniques and isolation and, and nothing to put those on, it's going to fall apart. It's like a house of cards uh, when the pressure's on. Um, yeah, and it even goes into styles. If all you do is sport grappling, let's say, you're, it's not going to work. You, you, may, you may end up in a, in a bad situation. If all you do is boxing, it may not work. You know, you, know, you, you, you do have to get well-rounded. People are doing that, no question. They're, they're cross-training. But it, that's still not what we're getting at here. Like, I'm, I'm trying to make the point that dealing with the street is, is beyond all the sport techniques. 
you can draw from the sport techniques to a degree, but then you have to modify, you know, you just do like all these slights, these sleight of hand things. You have to modify them. You know, if you ever watch a magician doing sleight of hand, they're not showing the trick from all angles, okay? Because if you're coming at a different angle, that, that sleight of hand may not work. You know, you may be exposed, okay? And that's where doing it under fire is, you know, dangerous if you're if you if you don't have your your shit covered from all angles. Same with fighting. These techniques that are sport, let's say straight from the sport world, may work, but not from all angles. And the angle meaning multiple assailants, weapons, uh, the uh, you know the, the terrain, you know the landscape, the location that you're at. Uh, if you're in a bus or you know jammed up against the back of a wall or something. So it's there is that there is that direct connection here in my mind that you know you you just can't you've got to you've got to cover this shit from everywhere okay so you know I don't care what the move is it could be out of catch wrestling judo jujitsu you name it um, have you done it in all possible scenarios? Get out one-on-one -on -one in the sport world. We know you can do it. You, we know you tapped out 20, 20 guys in a row with this arm lock. Can you do it in other, you know, other uh, situations, other angles? Have you tried? And, and that's when you start to realize just how little you really know. It's like, wow, I did not realize that doing this arm lock, let's say, in this scenario could cost me my life. <laughs> right? I mean, I could die from doing it in this scenario. How many guys have taken that self-defense thing to that level? I, I don't know of anybody. I'm not saying there aren't anybody, but from the little that I've seen uh, in the past on YouTube, the answer is no, because they're, they're, they're ultimately, it just seems that they're back to the, the demonstration thing. You know, they're back to this one-on-one -on -one safe kind of deal. You and I, a few years ago, we're watching some, you know, street self-defense shit. We were kind of showing, we were filming videos on how you don't want to do this because this is what can really happen. Um, and of course, my videos didn't get any views and the bullshit videos got, you know, a million views because, you know, they're Gracie's or whatever the marketing thing was. It's all about that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, sometimes you just throw your hands up. I mean, I can only do what I can do. I can't change the world or save the world, but at least I can sleep at night knowing I know a little bit deeper than than this and than, than, than what's publicly being shown. So um, I have a little bit of comfort in that for my sanity, what's left of it. Yeah, I think, and it's just a, I think it's a constant reminder. And I think a, a reoccurring message for this, that we get this podcast is, you know, if you're concerned about self-defense and everybody should be, honestly, uh, keep that in mind. And when, when you're training, you know, uh, that you've got to, yes, you should train like an athlete and, and, and train with resistance, but also always be thinking about the street aspect of it. And, you know, there's a lot of techniques like you and I talked about. Uh, I think one of the things you always drove home to me is, you know, is this move tying up my hands? Like if I'm struggling to take, finish a, a single leg takedown and I've got my hands tied up, how vulnerable is my face? How long, how long can I allow my face to be vulnerable? 
I mean, there's certain chokes, you know, like we talk uh, uh, where I've tied up my hands and I'm facing the opponent. You know, it's great in the sportive situation. I have time there to, to kind of work for it. But if they have access to my face, my eyes, um, how, how much time do I really have to apply this? Is it worth the risk? Right. And they can have weapons anywhere in their pockets, whatever, you know, and slicing you up even, you know, it's, yeah, that, that's, that's, all, that's my point. You, you've hit on it. You, you, you've brought it up and you know how I am about, especially those single legs that take two minutes to finish. I mean, come on. Um, I'm exaggerating, but you know, um, it, it's, yes, this is a sport technique. I get it, but okay. This, you get it. You know, you remember that this is just a sport technique. Um, and I've seen things happen. I, I swear to God, I've seen some ugly, stupid shit that just, uh, you know, uh, scars people for life physically and emotionally, and they, they were avoidable. They just got themselves in a scenario that they shouldn't have been in. Um, for me, I don't have all the answers. Nobody does. The only thing that I can say is that I have enough creativity to at least I have a fighting chance. Let's put it that way. Okay. So like, even though I am not a card cheat at all, I've never, I don't practice the moves, the slights and all this. I have maybe a fighting chance. Uh, I don't gamble with that anyhow. So I'm com completely protected in that scenario. I'll never get cheated at cards because I don't play high, I don't play cards like that, you know, poker and, you know, hold them and all that stuff. Uh, I haven't played cards in a long time anyway, but at least I have some knowledge, you know, um, and remember something like in cards, you don't have to catch somebody cheating. All you have to do is suspect them of cheating. If the guy's fidgety and doing crazy things, you can call him out. Hey, you know what? Done. You got to go. Or, or if, you, if you're not in control of that, you can pick up your cards and money or your money, leave the cards on the table and go. Okay. So you don't actually have to wait until you catch the guy. But many times you just actually can't unless there's an eye in the sky. Just the suspicion of, of being it. And the guy could be completely honest, but he's doing things that are looking, you know, funky. Well, that's how it is in street fight. <clears throat> the guy that, that you're dealing with or maybe dealing with may, may not actually have bad intentions, but he's certainly coming across like he does. Right. So that's when you make your determination. So do I engage this or do I leave? Okay, do I get out of here? Uh, so a lot of it, you know, is preparatory. They're not waiting until it's too late, until he, he or she's put their hands on you or sucker punched you or whatever the case may be. Remember something, Joe. I've seen guys steal pennies, coins, I mean, not pennies, but coins off a bar table, dollar bill, cigarettes, like stupid shit, nickel and dime stuff because of whatever their reasoning, desperation, whatever it is. When you see that and you know that, you've seen it a lot. I've seen guys cheat at pool when there was no money even involved, nothing, no gamble. You realize, man, you cannot trust anybody. You cannot trust a soul. So you're in it. You got to be all in or all out. You know, there's no halfway. Um, and I think that's the biggest eye opener. Like I told you at the beginning of this podcast, I've been burned by a lot of people that that, you know, technically burned me. They, did, they didn't follow through with their word. They didn't, you know, they didn't pay me or they didn't thank me or they didn't, you know, reciprocate in any way. That's it. I, but I know that going in, 
It didn't necessarily cost me my life. Maybe it will eventually because, you know, going broke and starving to death or something. But in a real instantaneous life or death situation, I trust no one. I expect you to be trying to kill me, taking my life, crippling me, maiming me, killing me, all the whole nine yards. And I'm going to act appropriately. Okay, that doesn't mean I'm going to kill you back. I'm just going to say publicly, I will act accordingly to what I feel needs to be done. And then I'll deal with the rest later. No, I think that's absolutely right. I mean, always, it's always good to have a healthy suspicion and keep your awareness up. Don't be naive. There is a book that most of the gamblers learn from. It's called Expert at the Card Table. It came out in 1902, and it was written by a guy named S.W. Erdnase. Okay? Well, there's no such name as Erdnase. It's a, it's a made-up name. So some clever guy looked, oh, well, when you spell S.W. Erdnase backwards, it's E.S. Andrews. So maybe the guy that wrote this book, his real name is E.S. Andrews. Well, to this day, nobody really knows who this guy was. Nobody knows even if he was a real card sheet because he does throw a lot of magic tricks in the book. I got the book. Um, haven't looked at it in years. But a funny thing is that all the, even the magicians, they all learn from this book that's considered like the Bible of the card. You got to have that book, okay? Uh, so, so many magicians around the world have studied from this expert at the card table, not even knowing, you know, who the author was. He just claimed to be a card sheet. Um, we don't know. And I find that fascinating because uh, this guy had absolutely zero credentials. Okay. He wasn't claiming to be, hey, I won the world magic, close-up magic championships or something. But the book has survived 120 years pretty much. And uh, reprint after reprint. And the material in it, it's, it's, it's solid. It, it, it's missing a lot of, or not a lot, but a few true gambling cheat moves, which led me to be kind of suspicious that maybe he really wasn't a gambler. But beside all that, you know, and the grip that he used, Erdnay's grip was kind of, eh, I don't think anybody would really hold, a, you know, what he's dealing from the bottom. Nobody would hold a deck like that. It's kind of suspicious or whatever. But be that as it may, unknown guy, Puts this book out, it's lasted 120 years. That doesn't seem to happen anymore in today's world with the like, especially in the martial arts. You you've got to have, you know, they they want this image. They don't want the unknown secret guy. They want this image thing, you know. And and that's why they'll throw things around, legitimate or not, you know, uh special forces, uh, you know, uh, SWAT team member, uh you know, uh, Royal Marine Commando, whatever, whatever it is. Um, and people get caught up in that as opposed to really, really looking at the techniques and analyzing them and seeing if they're truly pertinent and looking for the weak spots. And the beautiful thing about this book, Expert at the Card Table, and other books like it, just books, is that you physically had to go through this. You had to deduce, what is he saying? Let me try this slide. Let me see. This doesn't, wow, this is hard. I can't get my fingers. So you kind of realize, like, the difficulty in doing it, okay? It's more intricate than, let's say, slapping on an arm bar or, you know, putting on a choke. 
uh, or just watching a human being do the moves. So I think that in a lot of ways, our critical thinking has deteriorated rapidly, okay? Um, and that's a shame. You know, uh, I don't see critical thinking anymore. I see people, get, or generally speaking, I'm, I'm exaggerating somewhat, but I just see people looking at labels. This guy was, uh, you know, a 20-year Marine veteran, whatever, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. And not even thinking that what does that got to do with, with the subject here? Or, you know, what, but it's all about, it's a lot of marketing, you know, and I don't know if there's anybody in the martial arts world that is, is as bad at, at marketing as I am. So I come from the opposite end. I'm like the worst. I try to just stand on my own two feet with my techniques and shit. But um, yeah, we're just living in a different time, Joe, where, you know, anybody can pop up an Instagram or TikTok video or whatever and, and, and try to instantly get like, you know, they get 30, 40,000 views and wow, you know, now, now they've developed some sort of a following, but I don't get it, man. I, I don't, I just see that, you know, the critical thinking and, and, and putting in the time and effort uh, is something that a lot of people just don't seem to want to do. They want quick, they want instant. Yeah, and the bottom line is, you know, test it for yourself, you know, you know, prove us wrong, you know, or test it out. And I've heard that in other scenarios and other instructors. And that, I think that's the truth. You have to use empirical evidence, you know, uh, get on the mat, try it. You know, I think uh, before I met you, I remember uh, the guy who exposed me to your videos, maybe we'll have him on the podcast at some point, but he said, yeah, I loaned uh, Tony's front face lock. From a video, I was able to apply it on someone and get a tap. He says it was that good. You know, it's like he explained it that well. And I was able from the videos to apply it and it worked, you know. Um, you know, the, the proof is in, 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 in the execution. You can do it, you know. that. I've seen that a lot where people say, your move doesn't work. Well, show it to me. They're not even doing it properly. Mm -hmm. Okay, they're, they're completely not doing it, you know, properly. And when you try to point it out to them, they get pissed. Next thing you know, what do they do? They start bashing you on the internet. You can bash me all you want. You can ruin my business. You can't ruin my business any more than it already is. My shit works. I'll stack it up against anybody on planet Earth, any of their techniques. If they fail, it's because you failed. Or maybe if it's in a live or a one-on-one -on -one situation, I may not have explained it properly or in depth. Let me do it again. Let me really get, get to the nuts and bolts of it. But unquestionably, the stuff works. I mean, I there's, there's literally no doubt. that That's been eliminated years and years and years ago, even before I learned it. it the, the stuff works, okay? Um but you're right. This guy, whoever he is, uh, that led you to me, thank him, you know. But, yeah, if you, if you really critically analyze things, and that's, again, what I'm, what I'm getting at. You have to be critically thinking about this and use your intelligence. I can't, in a video, cover every possible uh, uh, situation. So, uh, uh, you know, manipulate it a little bit. Change it around. Try it in a different scenario and get it to work, you know, um, if you can't come to me, you know, to, to show it to you. Um, you got to use some of your own thought process here. You just, you just do. Uh, why do you think magic, people continually create new magic tricks? Because they take a principle that's already there, and then they put their twist on it, okay? And that's how magic, magic has been able to exist for, you know, hundreds or thousands of years, all rolled you know, the history of magic goes back. 
So that's the same thing with this. Um, but I feel like, you know, I don't like watching these martial art videos because I don't see this blown away high level stuff. I see guys, whether some of them, not, again, I haven't watched a lot, but just they're either outright bullshitting you or they just simply don't know any better. They, they've never been um, called on it. And if that's not bad enough, these are videos that get hundreds of thousands of views. That's the scary part, because now you're leading these people down a garden path. I just really hope that these guys don't attempt some of these moves, because they're going to get killed against a ruffian, against a real hard ass. You know, it may work, like I said, against the, you know, stock boy that, that you know, doesn't know how to fight. But against a hard, a hard timer, a fast company guy, man, you're, you're in trouble. And you may not be able to get out of it. We've, we've all heard the stories. It, it, it's happened so many times where, you know, you, you just get into a whole world of shit. <coughs> and it even happens to police. It happens to military. Sometimes shit goes south, goes wrong. You know that. For sure. For sure. Buyer beware, you know, when you're learning stuff, especially with, you know, indirectly just online. I mean, you definitely need an instructor's input and, and trial and error, try it out and see what works and what doesn't. So any other closing thoughts you got, Tony? Go Cleveland. Um, the Cleveland Browns are my, well, here's the funny thing. I'll never live now. I'll never live to see the Cleveland Indians win a world series. Because starting next season, they're no, no, no longer the Cleveland Indians. They're the Cleveland Guardians. Okay? I've seen the Indians in the World Series more than once. I was never to a World Series game. But I've never seen the Browns in a Super Bowl. Okay? And I am a diehard, diehard Browns fan all the way. And always have been. And I really want the Browns to win today. And probably by the time we upload this video, the game will already be over. Um, but to me, uh, that's all I'm saying. If there's any boys out there that are from Cleveland or, uh, hey, man, let's just psychically pull this one out, man. Let's root together. But uh, no, other than that, I just wanted to say I, I do appreciate the people who follow the video, the podcasts here. Um, and hopefully we can grow, grow, grow the audience. I don't know anything about anything like that, marketing and how to, you know, advertise and shit. I don't, I don't know. And we're at a disadvantage because we don't have any income coming in to advertise. We don't have an advertising budget or anything like that. Um, the situation with my mom has taken a dire turn. Um, she's no longer in daycares. I think I may have mentioned, if not, because it's, it's sick as it is, you know, the worse she got, the less they're helping. And they're not even returning my phone calls anymore. Uh, so, you know, I can't work. I can't leave her. I can't, you know, I have to stay here. And, uh, it's, it's, it's put me in a, it's put me in a, you know, the bind on me and I hate to cry about it on things, but you know, this is where it's at for me. I'm all in on this and there's really nothing that I can do. So if anybody can join the Tri-C program, I really, really wish you could now, um, would be great now, now, and you'll, you'll be in it for the rest of your life. But um, in lieu of that, no, I just want to thank everybody who watches and 
and supports, even if she's just given a thumbs up on the video or a like, you know, a like button or whatever, or a subscribe button. Um, that's at least that's like moral support, I guess. But uh, and I gotta say, Joe, your hair, no matter what, I don't care what anybody says. And I've I've watched a lot of YouTube hair videos. Nobody can touch you. Nobody. Um, absolutely no one can come even close to the, the magnificent hairstyle that you weekly show all of us. Well, yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think that shows critical thinking on your part. Uh, I think you're, there's no delusions there. You're keeping it real. And I think that's what's important. So yeah, and thanks for the acknowledgement, but it, it goes without saying, honestly, Tony. Well, thank you for letting me be in your presence. And I guess everybody else, thank you for listening. I'm not going to guarantee that we're going to have that very special guest, somebody that I've known for many years um, next week, but we'll, we'll see what happens if we can piece it together. But he will be coming up eventually, and uh, that's really nice. Um, but okay, everybody, I will see you uh, next week. And thank you again, uh, Joe, for helping me out with this. No problem. It's great talking to you. You too. Bye bye. Bye.